and welcome to a brand new episode of Not Another Whiskey Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Beshard, and I'm joined by the man who's as generous with his drams as he is with his words, Mr. L- Nicholas Palaki, who also wrote that introduction, as you can probably tell. <laughs> Nicholas, how is everything? Everything is very well, Mitch. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Oh, good. good Cannot good, complain good. at all. What have you been up to? Ah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, just uh, hanging out in Spaceside, waiting for it to get warm. Well, Mitch, I won't dilly-dally around here because I'm really excited to get to our guest. Uh, Listener, we are going to be joined today by a person that both Mitch and I have worked alongside and myself, I worked for, so I'm going to be in my best behavior. This is a guest I'm delighted to speak to as she's not only an amazing human being, but she's also the master blender of one of my favorite whiskeys from the Glenrothes. Please welcome Miss Laura Rampling. Thank you very much. You make me blush. Thank you very much. Laura, it's great to see you. And, you know, uh, our kind of history between the three of us goes back. I remember you actually interviewed me for the Glenn Fiddick job because you and you and uh, David yeah. Bitron played like good cop, bad cop. You're the good, definitely the good cop and he was the bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played that role very well. Yeah. I was going to say, I was listening to your interview with Kelsey McKechnie and you were both referencing your interview uh, process through William Grant's sons. And I was, you know, yeah, taking a trip down memory lane. Nice. Absolutely. I think Can't yeah, believe was, Mitch got the job, to be fair. I mean, that was hardcore <laughs> back in the day. Nicholas, you went through this as well. I think it was like 12 interviews and two presentations to get that role. It was crazy. Yeah, it was, it, it was extreme. Yeah. And, and then the, the full physical, you had to do the physical, right, Mitch? The, no, just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to that, love it. Holy moly. Just say yes, Mitch, just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Laura, great to, to have you uh, on the show. Absolute pleasure to have you here. And it's been way too long since we've caught up. I think for our listeners that, that are tuning in right now, it'd be great to give them a background as to how you got into the business. You know, this journey from running brands and marketing to being the whiskey maker at one of the coolest distilleries in Speyside. Um, and I think the other thing, did managing Nicholas in the US make you run back to Scotland from, from America? Was that one of the main reasons? Oh, poor Nicholas. Absolutely not. No, I loved working with Nicholas and Andy and you, Mitch, of course. Um, no, not at all. Um, it has been a bit of an interesting journey, actually. I get asked about this a lot, as you can imagine, because I don't have, you know, the most typical path, uh, perhaps, into whiskey making. Um, but as I say, you know, I have a 12 year old daughter now who you'll probably both remember when I was actually, you know, uh, well, before I had her in, in, in the States, but I tell her all the time that I think if you have, if you discover a passion in life, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, and you can have many, many careers. Um, but the key is sort of finding that, you know, finding out what, get you out of bed in the morning really what set, what lights a fire underneath you so in terms of my path I will praise it because it is quite long um but essentially I suppose I always start my career in wines and spirits I was always interested in that I've always been interested in food and flavor and um flavor development I grew up in a foodie family and I also grew up with a dad who um when he worked as a doctor he got given a lot of whiskey and I grew up in Scotland, and I don't sound like it, but I did grow up from the age of 10 in Glasgow. So I am, you know, a proper Glaswegian by heart, um, even though I, I, I sound like a weather girl. Um, <laughs> and you sound yes, like a weather girl, but you can still get in a fight. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> My hidden talents. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so yeah, I started in the in Wines and Spirits, but 
I actually thought I did languages at university. So when I naively stepped out of university, thought, oh, I'm going to be a wine buyer because I'll go and use my languages, travel the world, buy wine, did my wines and spirits exams um, when I first started my career, but I was on the commercial side. Um, personal reasons took me across to the States and that's where I really got into whiskey. I actually remember writing a list on an airplane as I flew to New York to move there. And on that list was that I wanted to be um, in spirits and I specifically wanted to work in whiskey. Um, landed in the middle of a recession. Don't know quite how I managed to wangle the job of Wayne Grant and Sons, but I did and ended up working there. And then when personal circumstances took me back to Scotland, um, an opportunity arose to work, you know, to, to work on the technical side to start my journey into, into whiskey making. Um, it's still a little bit of a mystery to me as to why they gave me the job. It was a much more junior job. So I sort of had to go right back to the beginning, but I developed this interest in the technical side. I'd done the marketing side and there was this opportunity that arose to work for Brian Kinsman, who I know you've also had on your show, who is a wonderful human being and an absolute wealth of knowledge. Um, I'm, I have to say, not quite sure why Brian employed me because I really didn't have the relevant experience. I just had an interest and obviously I was known in the company, but um, he did, thankfully. And then my journey was just uh, from a learning point of view, just phenomenal. Um, I learned from him day to day, gradually took on more responsibility and just totally fell in love with this side of the, of the business. Uh, and, you know, I love the fact that it's, it's, it's a real mixture of science and and art and there's that and creativity and there's that little bit of magic in it as well because you can't ultimately totally control everything you know what happens when you put liquid in a cask is a little bit of magic um and so yeah, i just find it you know fascinating i love working with the guys in production i love working with the distilleries i also love working with the marketing teams and in this role i get to do everything so um yeah and 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 when the opportunity then came to move to Edrington, I took that. And then when the opportunity came to work on the Glen Rothes, that was like, well, winning a watch, you know. I, I, I still get out of bed every morning and think, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty lucky individual um, because it is a phenomenal spirit, phenomenal distillery, amazing people. It really is. And actually, that's a great segue into my next question because it's, you know, this this is a brand that's really going through a transformation now that it's back completely under the, the control and the arms of Edrington. Obviously, yeah. for people out there that don't know the history, the brand used to be owned by Berry Brothers and Rudd, but the distillery has always been owned by Edrington. Correct. And and now, Laura, like this is wonderful. Like you are now the nose and the rest of the face, to be fair, of Glenrothes. So thank <laughs> God it's not just my nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Glenrothes was traditionally known for vintage expressions. Now it's moving towards age statements and and, and, and it's been shaped by that. So, so how does that kind of change what you're doing at the distillery and in the sample room now? Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. We're, we're, we're moving away from that vintage model that Barry Brothers and Rudd had. Well, we've moved away from that. Um, we moved to age statements, but that's not all we've got in our armory either. Um, we, we are focusing on now very high quality um, releases towards the higher end of a whiskey range, of a typical yep. whiskey range. 
that really honour the connection to the estate. So very well thought through concepts from the point of view of the marketing team, you know, things that really tell the story, um, but uh, that also are, you know, have, have, have real meaning in terms of the liquid as well. Um, what that means for me is I've basically spent the last three and a half years gathering a very, very intimate knowledge of my stock, cask by cask. Um, so I have spent a drinking everything. Nothing left. But joking aside, um, I now, I suppose I've been playing quite a lot of catch up, but now have a cast by cask knowledge of what I have, the quality, the strength, the color, because all of our malts, or everything we produce is natural color. You know, when it comes to pulling what we need to pull together product wise and developing new products, I know what to draw on. Uh, it also means that I have no surprises when it comes across the branch to make a product because I've already understood the quality. And if that quality needs to be addressed, you know, I've been able to move the liquid around in order to improve whatever needs to be improved. So it's it's quite different from the way that I've worked before. Um, I think it's a real privilege to be able to work on something that is relatively small but very 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 quality focused uh because i'm a quite a detail oriented person i love attention to detail i love getting into the nitty-gritty and so the the privilege of of being able to do that and and work at that very very minute you know level of minutiae has been has been fantastic and now we're at the point where you know we're, we're using that to pull to, to to create products um so we've got the strategy, we've got the knowledge of the stock, and the two are coming together. So this year's, and, and from this year on, it's going to be pretty exciting. I was going to ask you about that, Laura. That's, again, another segue. It's almost like you've written the script for us today, or you've seen it in <laughs> advance. But talking about that, you know, you mentioned earlier that we've had a few master blenders and, and, and master distillers on. And I was just thinking about that there. You know, most of their background comes from, from chemistry. Um, or they, their time served within this this blending aspect of of the whiskey industry. You've come at it from a different angle in that you know you were marketing first and foremost, and then you went into the blending part of it. So how does that work for you? I'm interested to know. You know the the brand managers on Glenrothes mm -hmm. are they a little bit scared of you because you're like, well, I'm making the stuff, and also I know how to market it. <laughs> like, does that come into play at all? Are you still in that mindset? Uh they're definitely not scared of me. I mean, I love <laughs> what what a fantastic team I have. I'm so lucky with the people that I get to work with. My my boss is an utter genius in terms of who he's recruited. I have to say, um, they uh, I think it it helps. It, it helps that I can speak both languages. Yeah, I think that's 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 the the, the crux of it. Um, because there's absolutely there's no rivalry. It's not like I'm coming up with ideas and they're coming up with ideas and we're clashing. We can work really, really well together. Um, and I think that's where the beauty comes in. Um, you know, and I obviously I've had to get up to speed on all the technical side of things. And, you know, I've spent now 10 years doing this. So that's there. But having that, I, I guess that ability to think in that way means that I I don't shy away from the conversations with them. So I'm very well. I'm very well immersed in what they're doing. I'm very well immersed in their strategy, and that helps my thinking. Yeah. And then we can we can um, have those discussions together. So it's a, it's a very collaborative effort. Um, yeah, we work as one team uh, very much. 
um, as well as I get to work with all of the, 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 the guys in liquid quality as well. So the likes of my colleague, Gordon Motion, who you referenced earlier, I think on Highland Park, Kirstine Campbell on, um, on McAllen and all of her team, um, Craig Johnson on Famous Grouse. So, you know, we work as a team and then I get to work with the marketing team as well. So I get to speak all these languages and, really? you know, and, and, and work together. That's amazing. I'd say on that note, like in, in Scotland, we'll say, you know, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, but you don't really have that luxury with whiskey, do you? You kind of need to find that balance of how do you, how do you take what's, what some people could see as being slightly dull and boring of, you know, casks and barrels sitting in a dusty warehouse effectively and make it a romanticized version of, of, of history. And and I think yeah. people that truly understand what it is that we do in the business get that and, and know that it's it's both of those things together. Yeah, storytelling. Yeah, exactly. As Glen long Roth as it's meaningful, then it then it then it then it um then it's compelling. Correct. And um, on that note, some of the, some of the things that people might not know about the distillery is that the 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 actual site, the Glenorthus Distillery, has traditionally been closed to the public. Is this something that you think will change over time or do you think Edrington Group quite like it being that little private hidden gem and for now it's still, you know, only those who've got keys to the kingdom? Yes. Um, yeah, there's no plans to change that. We're not opening Vista Centre. Um, ironically, it is close to the public, in inverted commas. However, <laughs> there's a public walkway that goes through the site so when you're on site when you're up at the at the distillery you see people walking their dogs past the still house all, <laughs> yeah. the, time, all the time because you can you can you can walk through the site and um, graveyard isn't there public access and there's the graveyard yep there's the graveyard that just sits across across the burn across you know opposite the the still house which is called the cathedral um yeah. for, for a number of reasons um but yeah, so there's no plan for a visitor centre. Uh, we are hosting visitors, um, but it is invite only. I remember because of the the the, the graveyard, the people used to say that the distillery is in the dead centre of town. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's all sorts of jokes. My uh, the, the distillery manager, who's a wonderful individual, um, Ali Anderson, uh, when he when he takes people around the the still house, he says it's called the still house and they say that you know this, if it's opposite the graveyard the spirits are running on one side but not on the oh, other there you go. <laughs> oh, nice there's lots of stories about right haunting now. as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah brilliant well laura let's chat about the liquid for a, for a minute here uh, i mean you've been able to put your name very quickly on some amazing expressions of glenrothus including the oldest ever released to date can you tell us a bit more about that you're referencing the 50 yep. or the 42 oh but both but both well the 50 the 50 i think had gordon's name on it that was when i first came in um oh. obviously i was in role but he pulled the liquid together and that was the oldest ever release that had um that we to date we released 50 bottles i think that was back in february 2021 uh we launched that and we we released 50 bottles and we uh we auctioned the the final 50th one for charity and that raised 39,000 pounds um but if you're talking about the 42 which we have just released uh which is a it is a global release and it's slightly bigger I think it's uh, 1,034 bottles worldwide um that that liquid is mine um that was it's a composition of four refill casks 
three yeah. hogsheads and one distillery function from the 1980s. And um, what I wanted to do with that, the concept around that was around letting the distillery character shine through. So I'm sure you've, well, maybe you haven't been to the Glen Ross's distillery, um, but if you're familiar with the spirit, you'll know well, our new make starts very light and very fruity, very delicate, very elegant. What we're looking for is just real fruit. We've got lovely tall stills. We distill relatively slowly um, in these beautiful tall stills. So there's a lots and lots of copper contact. We also use water uh, that runs off our estate. So when we do take people around that have been invited, the first thing we'll do is take them up to our water source, which, you know, you have to get to climb a bit of a hill behind the distillery um, and we take to one of the water sources there are four water sources uh, and the water is extremely soft and it literally bubbles out the ground you can take a glass and try it there and then and it's very very soft so it's got very low mineral content which means you don't get a lot of tainting from from heart and from the, from the minerals um, th from the water itself so it starts clean um, and that's how the spirit ends up and that's how the whiskey starts its life before it's even whiskey you know what we put into the cask it's got this lovely fruitiness and this really elegant nature so with the 42 what i wanted to do is showcase that style but at age yeah so showcase that true elegance um so yes composition of four really exceptional uh refill casks and you get that lovely fruitiness sort of apricots and you know stone fruit um but you also get this lovely sort of delicate nature so there's like an almond note that comes through there's a coriander seed there's sort of slight floral notes there's a, a delicate vanilla um and um and then on the palate that little bit of kind of wood smoke that you get from it's not peaty at all but that sort of yeah, that slightly leafy, wood smoky um, note that you get from older whiskies. Because yeah. um, as whiskey ages, the influence of the of the wood sort of peters off at a point and the, the evolution of the spirit in the cask takes over. And that's where your numic style really comes to fruition. And what I find with Glenrothes is it's it's so delicate and it starts so delicate, but it's in a way really robust as well because it, it can carry a lot of aging it can withstand a lot a lot of aging it doesn't lose anything you know it has a wonderful nose on you know at, at, at high age and also on the palate it doesn't disappear some older whiskies you find they smell wonderful you put them in your mouth and they sort of you know peter away i suppose this this has, you know, a lot, it, it just withstands aging. It's got lots of lovely flavor, but it's, it's, it's also very elegant in nature. Superb. So it's 42 years young, almost. 42 years young. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. What, very cool. What about any sort of future uh, whiskies you have lined up outside the super rare range mm -hmm. expression that you have? Have you got anything that, you know, Nicholas and I can go and buy that isn't 42 years old? Mm, um, <laughs> there will, I, you, you know, I, as you know, and you'll you know you'll get from everybody I suppose that comes on the show when I talk about future releases. Unless unless the information's in the public domain, we can't talk about it. Um, you're a, a few months too early for one, um, which is more affordable. So that's all I can say on the matter. Um, I mean, it, none of it is in the very mainstream range. I will tell you that. Um, yep. But given what I've heard you consuming on your podcast to date, I think you can probably. Uh, 
save up for this one. Um, it's not quite at the heady heights of 42. It is it is younger than that. And it, and it will be a part of the core as well. So um, yeah, just watch out for that in the next, in the next few months. It's, um, if I say so myself, it's worth getting a bottle of it. Um, to be fair, Laura, um, Mitch hasn't bought a whiskey in two years since this podcast started because he just relies on the, the brands to sell him free bottles. And then he keeps saying well, it would come with my name on it as well. So, <laughs> oh, well, I'll ask the brand very nice. He doesn't, doesn't, doesn't come out of his own pocket. <laughs> well, I'd send you over, mate, but it's too far, you know. You can't send whiskey over to America. So, suck it up. Tell you what, come up to Rothers next time and we can do a bit of a tasting. There we go. I will absolutely take you up on that offer. Mm -hmm. Deal. Yeah. No, but um, and other than that, there are limited, also limited releases coming out, some really, really exciting concepts. But again, probably higher higher end and um, just watch the space. Good to know. This next year going to be pretty exciting for us. Very cool. Laura, I'd say Ronnie Cox is a, one of the, the legends of the whiskey industry mm -hmm. and, a, and a dear friend, uh, Ronnie Cox Red Sox. He, when people did come and stay at Roth's house, uh, he insisted that other people, the guests of the house, cooked him breakfast, which he then yeah. went on and scored. And Did you ever see that? I don't know if you ever saw the journal. Oh, not only did I see it, Nicholas, we continued that tradition. That was my question. That was yeah. my very question. <laughs> if, if, so first of all, if you had to cook breakfast, what would it be? And what's the what's the best Glenrothes to drink before noon? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I'm gonna ask for the first one. First question. Well, I have actually had to do that challenge. Um actually I've done it twice. You're only meant to do it the first time you stay at Rothers House, Correct. which is the, the house that we would host people at on our estate. Um but I think I had to do it twice because the first time was when I first started the job, but there weren't that many people staying in the house and actually it was before the house was done up. So, um, yep. and I can't remember what I cooked for that. I was completely, and all I remember is I was completely unprepared for it because I think I got briefed by my boss in the car on the way up. And so I crept out the house at half past six in the morning to go and, go and find ingredients in the co-op in Rothy, which... Let me you tell you, my, uh, when I had high hopes of avocado and crumpets and no. yeah, that Ronnie, was happening. Ronnie so, used to tell people like at 11 o'clock at night when you were 10 whiskeys in, well, by mm -hmm. the way, you need to get up at four in the morning and cook me a breakfast and, and I'm going to score and rate you. <laughs> we're slightly kinder. No, we are slightly kinder. And I can tell you that what I have cooked the second time when I had slightly more advanced notice is I actually cooked my granny, my 105-year-old granny. She lived till 105. Wow. I cooked her pancakes, um, her scotch pancakes, uh, and I served them with some fresh fruit and maple syrup. But we also have to dress the table yep. and uh, flowers, place settings, all the rest of it. Oh, so nice. it's, it's, uh, it's, quite, it's, it's turned into quite a thing. And we do invite our guests to do it when they come, no matter Wonderful. who they are. <laughs> okay, so I'm never getting an invite then because I can literally burn water, so that would work for me. <laughs> right, Laura. Moving on from from bre from breakfast here, we always have to like like a little bit of fun uh, with our guests and do a quick fire round, which you've probably heard of. So we're going to give you some quick fire round questions that may or may not be based around whiskey. Uh, but the first mm -hmm. one is: so, what's your favourite whiskey right now? One Glenrothes and one that is outside of your portfolio. Okay. Well, I'd say in terms of one that I would 
be able to drink sort of every day, obviously, things like the 42, that I'm, I'm going to kind of have to exclude those because whilst I um, have obviously tried them because I've made them, um, I don't have a bottle sadly in the house, um, but in fact, I'm at home, every glass glass is 18, which is, it's on that, we I, I refer to it as kind of coming of age, so it, it's starting to really... Um, get that lovely fragrance that you get from aged whiskey but it's still quite young and vibrant and 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 bold it's got high percentage of first full sherry so you can cast both american and european so glenroth is 18 outside hmm there are quite a few to choose from yeah i i recently tried glendronic 15 which i thought was superb Mm. um in my but in my army obviously back from my William Brandt days I've got a lovely um also memories of of uh, and portfolio of their products I do enjoy a Glenfiddich 14 rich oak which mm-hmm. is no longer produced but I do have a few bottles at home so that's <laughs> one that I you know I can still pull out from time to time very cool Laura if you had to choose one Glenrothes to bring back from vintages past mm. what would it be I would say Ancestors Reserve. Mm. Ancestors Reserve. I don't know if you've tried that. It's uh, it's from the 1980s, I think 1984. Um, and it was a vintage done uh, within 1984. And it is really delicious. Well, that's good. Cool. My favourite vintage is 85. That's 85. Funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 85 is killer. Right, Laura, where's the best place you've ever had a dram? Oh, top of a mountain. Which one? Yeah. I mean... Um, let me see recently. Well, more, most recently through COVID, I started taking my daughter up some Monroe's because she was old enough to, you know, to, to climb some mountains. And so, yeah, the top of, um, Ben Lomond's is the most recent one. I think whiskey tastes different in the open air. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. And and altitude. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to your point, I'd like to take my daughter up a, a Monroe, but she's at that teenage. I know yours isn't quite at the teenager stage yet. Mine oh, very much Same thing. is. Yeah. So taking <laughs> up a Monroe would be okay. like, yeah, it's like Kevin off uh, off Harry Enfield, you know, oh, dad, don't want to go up a mountain. <laughs> uh, take take friends with you. Take their friends. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. And nice. then, and, don't promise them whiskey at the top. I would no. <laughs> take, take them cake. Take you with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's that's it. So you're climbing mountains in the regal. What music do you listen to when sipping your favourite dram? Oh gosh, I have a really, uh, I have quite a, 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 an eclectic music taste. You expect me to ask me that music? I various things. I did not expect you to ask me that music. Um, Oh, when sipping a dram. I mean, I can have music on in the kitchen when I'm cooking. Um, yep. When I could be also sipping a dram, it tends to be like funk. Oh, that yeah. might surprise you, but um, or nice. disco. Like yeah. the meters and... <laughs> Jungle. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, I mean, in the evening, if it's quiet, I do love classical music as well. That's very, yeah, that's stereotypical, isn't it? But yeah, in the kitchen. First drama the weekend. Cool. Right, back onto a whiskey question for you. If you could make any whiskey using any cask, what would it be? The, the thing is that 
we are relatively limited, aren't we, within Scotch whiskey? And I don't think it's all about the casks. You know, casks are very important. Um, we use sherry seasoned casks predominantly for good reason, because sherry prepares the wood extremely well, doesn't yep. take too much out of it. That being said, um, bourbon, you can get some spectacular bourbon casks as well. They are all individual. So, you know, if I could, that's a very difficult question to answer because I think all casks are unique yeah. um, and no two casks are the same even within the same category. So it's quite it's quite hard to say this. Um, if it's really, really, really old whiskey in, in a very good refill cask, I think that can be absolutely stunning just because it's not been overpowered. Um, yeah. So if you're talking old whiskey, then, you know, a, a refill sherry seasons cask is, you know, can be absolutely gorgeous. It allows the spirit to sing. There you go. Would you rather have an ATM coffee or a 2 p.m. whiskey. Let we me just preface that by saying 8 a.m. and I am drinking both. I quite like coffee at 2 p.m. Oh, so really? I might, have to say, I, so I might have to say whiskey at 2 p.m. I'm not really an 8 a.m. coffee person. <laughs> so I'm happy to do it whiskey. Love that. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being on the show. I think that kind of wraps it up for us. For us, So hopefully those questions weren't too challenging and it wasn't too much of a, a pain to be on the show with us. And we really do appreciate it because we know you're very busy with what you're doing. And next time you're up in Speyside, please, please give me a shout and we can hang out a little bit face to face, which would be great to catch up properly. Yeah, yeah I would and, love that. And That's Laura, do you day. have any plans to be in the US to launch anything or are you going to be traveling? I don't have any plans as such um, yet, but I have said to my boss, I need to get back out to New York. So at some point, Might I'm sure, I'm sure I will be there at some point. And if I am Nicholas, you'll be the first on my list. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much for being our guest on 30 Minutes With. Thank this has you. been a blast to catch up and to see you. You look so fantastic. You're looking great. And we're, you know, really proud to see the whiskies that you're producing. They're phenomenal and it's a great brand. So congratulations. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been great to catch up with you.